Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey everybody, welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I am so excited to have Heather Parody joining us. She is going to talk to us about hosting your own podcast. Heather is the host of Unconventional Leaders, which is a top-ranked podcast that interviews leaders from all over the world. And I'm just so thankful that she came on the show to share her tips. Heather, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. I love the title and the mission of your show. I've been listening and I just love what you are creating. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, so happy to hear that. Heather, can you tell everybody how did you get started as a talk show host, as a podcast host? Give us the background of your story. This is so unglamorous, but it's the truth. I literally have no idea what just happened. Like the fact that I'm sitting here and doing this with my life is just absolutely stinking crazy. And I think that's what's so um, awesome slash terrifying about following curiosity, which I'm a big proponent of is sometimes it leads you in directions that you're just like, what? Because we can plan and plan and plan all day long. But then like at the end of the day, that's still a small voice. It's like nudging you. Right. I think it's there for a reason. So long story short, um, I, in graduate school, I was studying mental health therapy, uh, loved psychology, loved um, what I was doing, but I discovered this thing called the online space, content creation, and I was building up a small business on the side of going to grad school, and I just fell in love with the the power and the potential of media, right? And like the the the, the impact that we can make with it, mm-hmm. and um. I remember being like late to class because I was in my car, like periscoping and stuff like that. And I was a very studious student and loved what I was doing, but I was just amazed by this thing on my phone where I could just talk to people across the world and all of that. And, um, long story short, I ended up graduating with my master's, got my license, went to job interviews, got the job, got the job offers and just completely bawled my eyes out when I got them because I just knew that something was nudging me to build a brand and build something online. And, um, I felt very, I felt very bad about it. Um, because, you know, I was married and had two young kids, well, one young kid at the time, and they had sacrificed so much and I had worked so hard to get through school. I had a very non-traditional, um, educational background. My education stopped when I was in middle school and I really, really struggled, um, completing my work and I had to go through developmental classes and I had just worked so, so hard to get that stinking degree and to kind of prove Mm. myself in the academic space. Mm -hmm. And then so there was that insecurity of wanting to prove myself, but then also too, my, my family had personally sacrificed so much paying, you know, for college and you know, that stuff's expensive and mm-hmm. you know, dealing, oh man, <laughs> and dealing with the late nights and all of that. And so getting to the end of that and really, you know, admitting to myself that I wanted to do something different and then do something so freaking crazy. Like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. I don't know. And I wasn't in a position where, you know, I mean, my husband does an incredible job taking care of us, but I still needed to bring in some income at that time. And so it wasn't like, oh, well, he's just going to take, you know, a lot of people have that assumption about women, which just drives me nuts. But anyway, that's not a conversation, (laughs) but, um, you know, like, 
I needed to still work and I didn't know how I was going to bring in money online. I just knew that there was something calling me, uh, specifically a show. I really wanted to start a show. I wanted to interview other leaders. I wanted to interview people who were going against the grain outside of the box, the underdog. I have a huge heart for that just because of my upbringing and background and so forth. But long story short, I ended up turning the, the job offers down. Um, what was so amazing about it is that night when I sent the emails and said, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to turn this down. I'm heading in a different direction. I got an email from my very first client <laughs> um, mm. and, I, and I wasn't even looking for work or anything like that. And somebody emailed me and said, Hey, I saw what you've been creating online. Can you help me too? I'm, I'm wanting to hire you. And I just cried and cried because I knew that was God just affirming to me that, you know, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. And then after you take it, that confirmation will be there. And that was my little son from heaven that, okay, you're on the right path. And it's been messy. It's been hard. It's been amazing. It's been all of the things, but I'm about uh, three and a half, four years into it, I've built an online business with really the intention to pour all my energy and resources into this community that I call unconventional leaders. So that's a long, long mm -hmm. version of what I've been up to, but yeah. Beautiful. That is so amazing to hear. And I'm sure that will give folks a lot of encouragement because what I love that you said, Heather, was that you kind of like built the plane as you were flying it. And oh, yes. a lot of people don't give themselves permission to do that. They feel like I have to have this all figured out if I'm going to start my show or if I'm going to start to try to make an impact in a bigger way. I need to have all the revenue stream straight and I need to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But sometimes mm -hmm. the doors will just open wherever the need arises. Amen. And you, you saw that door open and you were like, you know what? Okay, God, you placed me here for a purpose. I'm going to do this podcast. And then I also see that I can help these people and they're willing to pay me. So maybe that is what will support my dream. And um, I, I just love how everything came together so beautifully for you. So when, so when you're looking at your show and you're looking at the amazing work that you've done. And we're going to, we are going to dig in everybody who's listening. We're going to dig into, you know, how you can start and run a successful podcast, but I would love to know what your greatest win has been so far. I would say, I, I thought about this so much because I know you sent this question before and my mind kind of immediately went to some of these names that I really wanted to talk to and actually getting an opportunity to talk to them. But the more I've been thinking about it, I would say that my greatest win is really getting comfortable with my own voice. And I know that sounds so weird, but like I've been so, I grew up so insecure, so freaking insecure. And I still deal with insecurity. I don't know if that's something that ever goes away, but getting comfortable with my own voice and my quirkiness and feeling like I have something to bring to the table and not questioning that. Um, it's a muscle that I'm still working on, but I've been really proud. And I feel like it's a great win of like what God has done in my life and how he's been able to shape and move me of just being more intentional with, with my own voice. Cause you know, as a podcaster, a lot of times we're handing the mic microphone over, which, you know, we love that, right? You love interviewing. Mm -hmm. I love interviewing. It's wonderful, but it, it, there's still that lingering question. Do I have something, do I have something worth to say to, um, and, and unraveling that over the last few years has been very challenging, but it's also been a, a, a really awesome win that I'm proud of. Mm. I think, you know, I think you're downplaying your genius too, though, Heather, you have had some big names on that show. <laughs> Can you just let people know some of the people that you have had the pleasure of interviewing and using your voice to change their life? Just a few of them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I think that the, my favorite, oh, oh man, oh my goodness, 
fading one was Seth Godin. That was just like girl fanning all over. Um, mm. Seth Godin, Jack Hanfield uh, was freaking amazing. That was one of the first personal development books that I read. Um, Sam Jones was probably one of my favorite. And that was, he, he's the host of Off Camera. And that's another thing I want to say about podcasting. Um, if anything else, you know, if, if, if your show never makes you a million dollars, you never become famous, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, the opportunity to get to read a book or watch a video and get to sit with these people that you would probably never get to talk to otherwise. It is just the greatest honor. Um, I had the author of The Shack, uh, Paul Young. I had him on the show, stuff like that. And it's just, it's it's just a big old, again, some humble paw band. Like you're like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's been, it's been a gift. It's been so, so, truly amazing. But you know, I want to say to that too, interviewing people you'll never know of or have never heard of like these teenagers on TikTok who are making a difference with, you know, the way that they're creatively using their voice online. And, um, like I have had just as good conversations with people who weren't famous. And I think that's a huge takeaway for me too, is just like, look at the gifts in your life and the amazing stories that we have around us. Like they're all worth being listened to and heard. Right. A hundred percent. And I, you know, touching back on what you said about finding your voice. Uh, you know, it, it took me a while as well to even get the courage to do a show. This was the podcast was not my first venture. My first venture was building the business first and then like kind of using the podcast as a platform to elevate the business. But it is very intimidating to think about starting a show. You know, you compare yourself to people like Oprah and you're like this woman, she's like, you know, has a media background and I have no journalism degree, you know, so How can I just, you know, a lay person get up there and have the confidence to talk to these big namers that that you're name dropping and even the the amazing women who've who've been on my show. And so I would love to take some time now and speak to those women out there who are thinking like, I I wanna do this. I just I don't know where to start. I don't know how to even like reach these people, why they would even listen to me, why they would even agree to come on my show, how to get organized. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. Um, So maybe we can just start by giving folks some highlights and some things that they can start to think about when they're trying to decide if they can, if they can and should launch their own podcast. Sure. So whether, whether you should or not, you know, I had somebody in our our mastermind group the other day come to the group and she's like, well, I guess I need to start a podcast. And I was like, why, why do you say that? And she said, well, that's what everybody's doing. And that's what I should do. And I was like, no, 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 you're not starting a show because that is not the kind of energy (laughs) that you need to bring into this. Cause this is a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of intention. I think what you need to ask yourself is, is this a desire of my heart? Is this a calling? And you know that I don't care what you believe or how spiritual you are or you're not. If you sit still with yourself, close your eyes and just ask, you know, you get an answer. You feel something in your core. And I think too, paying attention to what you're good at and what you're interested in, I think we're all uniquely made for a reason. And if you have the gift of gab, you know, if you have the gift of listening, if you love story, if you love conversations and you don't have to be, you know, you said at the beginning of this, that you were an introvert and I I felt like fist bumping you because, you know, it doesn't (laughs) seem like I am because of a lot of the content I put online. But if you get around me in person, I I really love being alone and I love drinking my coffee by myself. And I'm, I'm very I, it's weird. I'm like, what's wrong with me? But (laughs) I love what I do. And if you have interest in it, it's definitely worth a shot. Now, as far as the technicalities of it, 
My favorite quote is action creates clarity. And I think as women, a lot of times I see us, you know, loving the plan life. You know what I mean? Like we got the Pinterest boards, we got the notebooks, we got all this stuff, but really that is resistance keeping us away from taking action. And the only way we're really going to get clear on what we're supposed to do is start inching our way towards it and taking deliberate intentional action. And so it is not rocket science on how to start a podcast, Google it, Mm -hmm. YouTube it, and take the first step with every single bit. And this is the thing is again, back to the humble pie, <laughs> like we've, we've got to be willing to look like a beginner because we are right. We've got to be willing to suck. We got to be willing to have our voice tremble. We got to be willing to interview people, um, with immediately within our network and, you know, not always go for the big names off the bat. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying like, be willing to start where you're at. And I think the underlying theme is a deep love for service and really loving, um, the people that we, we feel called to and really connecting with that because you know, this is true. You will do anything for someone you love, right? You will go through hell or high water. You will fight the crowds at Walmart and go get that special flavor of ice cream. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. will jump in front of the car. You will do whatever you want for that, you know, that person that you love. And so, think about the person that you feel called to serve through your message and be willing to go through all of the hell and all of the crap and all of the what ifs and all of that for them. And it makes it a little bit easier. Mm, So helpful. I think that passion thing is so important, especially because like you said, it's not always easy. You know, this work, it's not like you can just sit up there and turn turn on a microphone and just talk and then boom, it, it becomes yeah. like a, a a highly ranked show. It takes time. And on some days you don't want to record an episode because a lot of days, a like, lot of days, yes. a lot of days, and, but you got to keep that consistency because that's what your audience wants. And so it takes some organization and some batching and some Absolutely. time management and most importantly, some passion. Heather, I'd love to talk about that you know, some of the big namers that you've gotten on the show, like when did you know it was ready to reach out to them? And do you have any tips and tricks for the audience in terms of looking in their industries and figuring out, you know, okay, well, I know that I'm a nobody right now, quote unquote, nobody's a nobody, but you know, yeah, this yeah, is how yeah, I got gotcha. themselves. I'm a nobody right now. And so I need to bring some folks who have some more notoriety on the show to really get the show out there. And so what was it like for you? Um, when did you know that it was time to make that ask? And what helped you to land that those successful guests? Yeah, so great, fantastic question. And this is what I've learned through trial and error. So you can send those random emails to Tony Robbins and be like, yo, hey, I'm Heather, I have this show, blah, 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 would you come on, yada, yada. You can do that. And let's say you send out 100, and I'm totally making up this stat, okay? Let's say you send out 100 and one or two of them say yes. You can play that game all day long and that's awesome. Or this is what I've been practicing and playing with over the past couple of years and I've really seen it to work. And it's, again, it's this very slow, gradual way of going about it because we want those instant wins, right? But I see it more at now as like I am building a, a sustainable network and something that's going to last longer than this one interview. And a lot of times we want to get that interview. And here's here's something that people shock people, okay? Some of the biggest names on my show were not my biggest episodes. They weren't. And you think that you're like, oh, Seth Godin's coming on the show. I mean, no offense, Seth Godin. I love you. But like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this person's coming on the show. This is going to be my biggest episode. I've seen podcast listeners be way more drawn to topic than name. Okay. So mm-hmm. when we can keep that in mind, that that's not really going to 
I mean, it's helpful for authority, but it's not really going to help with like download numbers or anything. You maybe can stay in it a little bit longer. And this is what I do. So I see it as I want to know the people in that person's circle. And so let's say I was going after Tony Robbins and I'm not, um, but I'm just using him as an example. Cause somebody just said his name on my Facebook status a minute ago. So it's top of mind. But anyway, um, <laughs> who is in his circle, right? And who is, if you look at it kind of like from a picture perspective, he's in the center and then you have like this circle around him. Then you have a little bit of a wider circle, a little wider circle. And so getting into these little networks of people of who knows who and networking from there, that's so helpful because when you reach out to somebody, instead of it just being like, Hey, I'm Heather from unconventional leaders, blah, blah, blah. I can share what I have to share. And then I'm going to put PS here are a few recent interviews with this person, this person, and this person. And I intentionally pick the people who I know that they know. Okay. Because then it gives me a little bit of right um, validity to what I'm saying. Cause they're like, Oh, Brian was on her show. Oh, so-and-so was on her show. Okay. That helps a little bit. Yeah. So that's one way of going about it. And again, that takes a little bit of time and a little bit of homework, but the way that I see it is I really want to build relationships with the people that I interview. And that hasn't always I've had the freedom and luxury to do that with everyone. But for the most part, I want them to remember who Heather parody is because yes, this was one episode, but I, you never know what's going to happen down the road. Right. And I want to have a good relationship with them. So networking and understanding who they know and interviewing people in their circle and kind of building that up and also building relationships constantly with your previous guests because they make introductions, mm -hmm. um, making relationships with other podcast hosts. I can't tell you how many introductions I've had through that. So I want you guys to really think about it as a long-term game of building up your network and doing things maybe the slower way, but the right way. Because when you can have an introduction to somebody that goes way, way further than just like a cold email. And sometimes those cold emails work, but if I can get on a phone with somebody and say, Hey, you're a friend of so-and-so, whatever, we have something in common and then a relationship can be built. That is such a huge tip. And the reason why it's huge is not just because you were kind of talking about the approach with sending them the email and connecting with them. But that one thing that you said earlier about leveraging other guests to kind of break that like stranger feeling like I don't know this person, it kind of brings more warmth and familiarity to you when you can say that like I emailed this person and he's in your circle or she's in your circle. And so it allows them to kind of trust you based on association. It's easy for you as a listener for you to figure out okay, who is that one easy win that I can get? You know, who is that one yes? And maybe the maybe the first yes isn't as easy. Like maybe it takes more time, but just knowing that that first yes will get you to the next yes. And then it will kind of build and build and build. So taking that first action is so important in getting yourself going and not trying to think too far down the road with like, how are all of these other people going to give me a shot? How are all these other people going to say yes to me? It's about that next person. It's about yes. that first person and going for it from that perspective. So Heather, that's, that's a great tip. I want to, I want to squeeze one more in 
Yeah. Before we get to the end, because I totally want to respect your time. And I'd love to talk about podcast growth. Yes. Because I hear all the time folks kind of just relying on the iTunes um, algorithm to rank them, to grow them. But I know from having a show that like (laughs) that doesn't always get you as far as you would have hoped. And so what strategies or tips do you have for folks who are nervous about starting the show because they think it's going, they're going to start it and then it's just going to flop. Um, you know, what tips do you have to help them grow the show and continue to get that publicity that they need? Sure. So first of all, realistic expectations, it's just going to take time. Let's just start with there. I have to say that, but when you really get the ball rolling and side note, I don't think most podcasts make it, I forgot the the latest stat, but I think it's between like 12 and 15 episodes. It's something crazy. So there is something to be said, you know, staying in the game and being consistent. It's really sad to me that that's the stat, but, um, Wait, the stat is at 12 that most podcasts don't get past 12 to 15 episodes? Yes, yes. Wow. I want to say, I I was at Podcast Movement and I I forgot... I have it. I should send it to you, but I believe more than half of podcasts are inactive. So when we see all of these, you know, stats about like, Oh, the saturation of podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But most of those shows are not even active or consistent and statistically won't even be around. So there is something to be said for a little bit of grit and Mm. stubbornness that I am going to hang in there as long as I stinking can. So first start there. Um, When when you're past that, um, as, as far as growth goes, um, iTunes analytics and all of this stuff doesn't mean jack diddly squat. If you want to rank your show, okay, I'm going to tell you exactly how you can rank your show. Easy. You can get in the top whatever charts you want right now by concentrated traffic. That's the way it works as of right now of 2021. If you can get a spreadsheet of all your friends and your family and your mommy and your daddy's uncle and call them up and, you know, get them to come and subscribe and rate your show, that concentrated traffic um, is going to help rank your show. Now, it won't stay there, right? Because the rankings are constantly changing, but it will rank it. Here's the thing. That doesn't mean anything for your download numbers outside of, you know, that small little boost that it got. It's not really going to help sustain your show unless you stay in the charts. Now, people think, think about your own behavior. Okay. I think with anything with marketing, we need to think, we need to first ask ourselves, well, what do I do? Because that's what a lot of people do. Do you, how often do you go to iTunes and randomly scroll down to all the different charts and seeing what's ranking and this and that? You don't normally, right? I I don't do that. If I ever go through search in iTunes, what I'm doing is I'm looking for a particular topic or a particular person that I'm, I'm specifically wanting to see. So I think a better strategy is for you to optimize your show to be found via episode, uh, more than being worried about it ranking in a chart, because all of that's nice and it makes us feel good. It's more likely people are going to find you because they're searching for how do I do this overcoming this or an episode with this person or whatever. So thinking strategically about your titles and your episode notes to make it searchable, I think is, is a really important point. Um, also guesting on other shows and collaborating with other creatives is huge and it doesn't have to be via podcast. It can be in a variety of different ways, but if you can think again about, you know, to your own behavior, the, the latest podcast you started listening to, how did you find out about it? 
You probably found out about it through somebody that you trusted, whether that be a quote, quote, influencer or another podcast host or a friend or whatever. So again, word of mouth marketing and uh, I hate the term influencer. That's a whole other podcast episode, but lack of better terms, you know, somebody of authority, that's one of the very best ways to get found. So you have got to be constantly collaborating with people, networking with people, doing whatever you can to get in front of new audiences and then to returning the, you know, giving value to the person you're collaborating with. Um, Another really important tip is, and I got this from a photographer that I interviewed once and I'll never forget it. She said, I remind people every single day that I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. And I loved that because this is our world and I am so into what I do and I love all the content and all that stuff, but I have to get off my high horse and realize that people aren't paying attention to me. They're not paying attention to the show. And it's my job as a creator to get it out there in front of people as much as possible and remind them unconventional leaders. I am a host. This is a podcast. This is how you listen to a podcast. We have to educate people. I know this is crazy, but what a podcast is, how to listen to it, remind them that we're still in production, remind them what our mission is constantly. And it seems like we're being annoying or spammy and all that. But, you know, in social psychology, there's this idea of the spotlight effect. And we all think the spotlight's on us and everybody's paying attention. But the truth is getting people's attention is hard as hell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is like, you have to be waving a sign and screaming like, Hey, (laughs) over here, you know? So for her advice, I'm always reminding people that I'm a photographer. Are you constantly every day reminding people what you do? Because that's what it takes to stick in their brains and to actually get them to convert into a listener. Wow. Amazing. I hope you guys were taking notes. And if you missed it, go back and rewind because Heather, those tips saved somebody a lot of time. (laughs) Thank you so much for them, Heather. I I mean, you have been so successful today and, and moving up into this space. And I would just love to know if you could look back and give your 10 year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Well, 10 years, I'm older than I thought I was. <laughs> I was I was going to say, stay away from boys, because that's what I tell my teenage self. But I'm like, oh, girl, you about 10 years ago, you were, wow, <laughs> this is depressing. <laughs> 10 years ago, I would, I would say that the gift and the calling of God is irrevocable. I love that scripture and really leaning into, you know, the thing that sets you apart is your gift and you may feel so so insecure about it but it's what God gave you and that you can't screw that up you just got to trust and trust and trust that there is a hand leading guiding and directing you Um, and even if it doesn't make sense even if it feels a little unconventional you can trust that hand and, and go where it where it's leading you to go it's worth it it's worth every single second beautiful absolutely beautiful how can our audience find and support you Awesome. Uh, unconventional leaders, just check out the show if you like it. That'd be awesome. And yeah, that's what that's what I do. That's my whole heart. Uh, Heather Parody, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing these tips with us. And I can't wait to have you back. It was an honor. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S. To learn more about how to live your life by design, grab a freebie at sheheelstheworld.com forward slash freebie.